0: Friends, on behalf of Jesus Christ, the one who has brought us together today, we bid you welcome to worship with Old South Church in Boston. We welcome you this morning not because it feels better when the number of you tuning in starts to increase, though it does. We welcome you this morning not because it fills our heart with joy to see your names in the chat, or see your faces at our watch party, though our hearts are full. We welcome you this morning, not because more of you tuning in means more money in the offering plate, though it should. We welcome you this morning because we take our cues from the one who welcomed all into life with God. And we know if we do too, we are made better for it. So welcome to the queer and to the straight, the believer and the doubter, the young and the old, the shy and the bold. No matter where you are tuning in from, no matter what you bring, you are welcome here. Welcome to worship. I have two announcements, and the first is this. Next week, the wait is over. Our doors will be wide open, hymnals set out, and the instruments tuned. In-person worship will return starting this Thursday with jazz worship at 6 p.m. And then next Sunday for all church worship at 10 a.m. It will be good to be together to sing, feast on scripture and music, and pray for the day when all signs of pandemic are behind us and all are safe and healthy. This building has not been the same without you, and I bet you haven't been the same without it. So put on your Thursday casual or your Sunday best and bring a mask. We will be waiting for you. We will also be live-streaming our services so all can participate in our life together. Check out OldSouth.org for more information. Now, Old South Church in Boston has always been a teaching church. With our location near some of the best seminaries in the world, we delight in taking part in raising up the next generation of church leaders. We welcome seminarians who come to us with passion, vigor, excitement. They minister among us and they change us. And as bittersweet as it is, it is our job, our duty to send them back out into the world to minister beyond our walls. Thomas Mitchell has been our seminarian over the past year, and he completes his time with us today. Thomas has perhaps had the most wild and curious seminarian experience than any other seminarian at Old South Church before him. For a great majority of you, you have never met him in person. He never processed down the aisle in black gown. He never bumped elbows with you at coffee hour. And still, Thomas ministered. He brought creativity and pizzazz. He brought a willingness to try and a hunger to learn. Thomas pastored us during the most challenging seasons of our life together. He is wise beyond his years. He is a gifted worship leader a gentle pastor, a fine teacher, and speaking on behalf of the entire staff, a good and wonderful colleague. We are different because of Thomas. We are better because of his ministry, and we will miss him. Still, as a teaching church, it is our job, our ministry, to populate the world with people like Thomas Mitchell. Lucky world. Thomas has one more year of seminary to go before he receives his Masters of Divinity. And over this next year, Thomas will be working in faith formation through a project that invites lay people to share stories from the Bible and why that matters to them. We will bless Thomas and we will wish him Godspeed at the end of the service today. And you are invited to join What's the Word? So after the service, you can wish Thomas Godspeed yourself. Friends, let us now gather ourselves for that which we have gathered, the worship of God. Let us pray. O God, whose hands built the earth, molded our bodies, and sewed the stars across the sky, we gather in your good presence this morning with praise and thanksgiving for your mighty deeds. Meet us here, labor God. Strengthen our hearts and our hands to work with you in the building of a world filled with justice, peace, and beauty. Amen. 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 Hey kids, it's Pastor Sean. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Maybe you want to be a doctor, or a movie star, or a chef. But did you know, no matter what you become when you grow up, you have the chance to change the world? It's true. How do I know? Well, it's in the Bible. You see, back in Jesus' day, there were people called Pharisees and priests and they knew a lot about the Bible and God. You would think that Jesus would pick those kinds of folk to be his first disciples, right? He didn't. He picked a bunch of regular people. In fact, most of them were fishermen. They weren't high and mighty people with fancy jobs that everyone wanted. They were average, hard-working folks. They were often dirty and smelly, and some of them didn't even know how to read. But he chose them on purpose. See, they weren't going to be rich or famous following Jesus, but he was going to use them for really big things. When Jesus first called them, he told them he was going to teach them how to fish for people. What? And that was a really funny way of telling them that Jesus was going to teach them how to make even more followers of Jesus. See, Jesus had lots of followers, but it started with these 12 average Joes. They left their fishing boats behind, studied with Jesus, learned their Bibles, then went into the world, teaching people about God about how God created them to love, how God wants us to live in peace, how God wants justice for all people. And the message caught on and spread across the world. So think about those first 12 average disciples. We still talk about them 2,000 years later because they changed the world. And they did it by following Jesus, living by his example, and by telling others about God. So whether you want to be a teacher, a dancer, or maybe even president, I'd vote for you. By following Jesus, you can change the world. The important part is that you stay true to the lessons that Jesus teaches, no matter what you do. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear God, help us to listen for Jesus' call. Because with Jesus, we can change the world. And we all say, Amen.
1: Today's scripture passage is
2: taken from the 22nd chapter of Proverbs, verses 1 and 2, 8 and 9, 22 and 23. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common the Lord is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleased their cause, and despoils of life those who despoil them. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O Lord, potter of creation, breath of life, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer, amen. In 1973, a collective of women, almost all of whom were clerical workers, all of whom were tired of sexual harassment, tired of earning less than their male peers despite doing the same job, and tired of facing the reality that their careers could be held back by a bad boss or by a glass ceiling, came together and formed a union. The name of that union was Boston, 9 to 5. Their work inspired the film, 9 to 5, which starred Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. It was also, of course, the inspiration for Parton's song, 9 to 5. Parton's song opens with a bouncy and inviting first verse. Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition, yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. But for all that bounce and invitation, the chorus of that song quickly tells us that something less positive is going on. The chorus sounds like this, working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taking and no giving. They just use your mind and they never give you credit. Want to move ahead, but the boss won't seem to let me. Right, there's a big difference there between that chorus and the first verse. It's important to note because this union was formed in 1973, those lyrics were written in 1981, and yet the same song could be written today, albeit with the slight edit of the working day, which for many people is no longer nine to five. Hospitality and other service workers work frequently truncated shifts that last from nine to two or two until seven, or six until close. And in many cases, even if they aren't scheduled to work, they're asked to remain available in case they need to be called in. More recently, the advent of new technology and our society's increasing demand for instant gratification of literally every need, coupled with the rising cost of basic necessities like food and shelter, has encouraged the rise of the so-called gig economy. In this economy, personal cars become taxi replacements for anywhere from a few hours to the majority of a day. And in some cases, Americans leave their formal jobs and then hop in their car to begin delivering food or groceries. In the past year, many of us have worked from home. And so the traditional barriers between work and life, like commuting, and having a physical separation between your home and your place of work, have been erased. And so many of us now find ourselves answering emails at 8 p.m. or sending a quick text to a work colleague right before or after dinner. It seems that in spite of all the advancements made in working conditions, in pay and in hiring practices, we are again allowing labor to consume our lives be clear, however, that consumption is not a burden that is evenly shared. There's a trend here in terms of who often shoulders the heaviest burden in this economy, in this world of labor. And the stories that I'm about to share, I hope that you can see it. Last November, California voters passed Proposition 22, a ballot initiative that overturned AB5 which was a major workers rights law that required companies to reclassify their gig workers as employees who would have been entitled to minimum wage to overtime and workers compensation the campaign in support of proposition 22 was the most expensive ballot measure in u.s history as companies that thrive on this classification system on this gig economy poured $200 million into ads, encouraging support for it. This past December, we learned that managers at a meatpacking plant in Iowa organized what has been called a cash buy-in. Winner-take-all betting pool for supervisors and managers to wager how many of their employees would test positive for COVID-19. And on the West Coast, as temperatures soared beyond 100 degrees this past month, farm workers went to work. So perhaps it's no surprise that farm workers die from heat stroke at a rate nearly 20 times greater than any other civilian job in this country. Moreover, many of those farm workers who are often immigrants and on the lowest rung of our socioeconomic ladder are paid per piece rather than per hour. A reality made possible by the fair labor standards act which while establishing the 40-hour work week and banning oppressive child labor also expressly exempted farm labor from its protections because agriculture was seen as a profession for black americans in each of the stories i've offered there is a clear trend line those who endure the worst of labor are the marginalized the poor and the oppressed. Moreover, one can see in real time the decisions that are being made to enrich corporations and shareholders at the expense of workers. Not only does our scripture warn against this, but it provides a clear consequence. No matter what riches one accumulates, if that accumulation is built upon the backs of an exploited or impoverished people, then the oppressor will ultimately suffer loss. It is easy to overlook that declaration. We live in a society that constantly tells us that the accumulation of riches is a noble and indeed a just pursuit, a pursuit that all of us should actively participate in. And yet, here sits this proverb, suggesting that a society organized in such a manner may certainly accumulate riches in the short term, while ultimately staggering towards loss. This is not much different than the question oft offered, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? What might it mean for us to focus on the accumulation of earthly possessions and to do so by harming God's creation? Proverbs is often seen as a collection of common-sense sayings, as quick, short, and easy statements to read and move on from. But my friends, in its entirety, Proverbs is a call. A call to live a life that is pleasing to God. A call for self-reflection. Because a close reading of this text reveals the reality that it is indeed possible to find ourselves under the impression that we are pursuing wisdom, when in reality we are following folly. Having said all of this, I want to be sure that we all note the beautiful call in the middle of today's scripture reading. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. The original Hebrew says, the one who has a good eye shall be blessed good eye, meaning kind and generous. The generosity here isn't in sharing finances, though it is certainly good to do so if you are able. The generosity here is in sharing bread, an act that we encounter throughout this faith, an act of coming together, of bonding with one another, an act of awaiting the stillness of God in the presence of this simple yet beautiful meal an act that reminds us that we all come from the earth and that one day we will all surely return to it. Going forward, what might it mean to share bread in this moment? How big will the table be? Who will be invited? In the year 2021, how do we make space to share bread with all those whom we pass while living in a world that constantly tells us actually not that important of a thing to do. These are the questions that Proverbs leads us to ponder, particularly as we think about the relationship between those who are oppressed and those who have been enriched through that oppression. As Dolly Parton's Ode to Workers fades away, one line stands out. There's a better life, and you think about it, don't you? My friends, let's not think about it. Let's actively bring that life into being. Amen.
3: Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets the traffic starts topping folks like-
1: Will you pray with me? Almighty and all wise God, our heavenly parent, maestro of the spinning planet, sculptor of praying mantis and shaggy buffalo, once more a few of your beloved children are gathered together to linger in your holy presence, to praise you for sun and moon, for ocean and rivulet, and to call upon your mighty name We thank you for our spared lives. We thank you that we were able to arise this morning to a new day, clothed in our rightful minds, even as we recall those who have been snatched from the land of the living and hurtled into eternity. Yet here we are, spared, living and breathing, grateful to you, captain of this ship of faith bind us together we who are crew and cabin mates aboard old south church's ship of faith bind us together in love and in union and in purpose dear god take the lead of our minds and place them on heaven and the hope of heaven our hope and the hope of those snatched too early from this life gracious god our captain and commander search our hearts as far as the east is from the west you know our setting down and our uprising you know all there is to know about us and love us still thank you for these things we give you all thanks and praise and one more favor we ask of you In this season of cascading catastrophes, of fire and hurricane, of flood and wind, of war and racial reckoning, of climate crisis and worldwide pandemic, we beg you remember the leaders of this ship of faith, the officers and trustees and deacons, the committee members, volunteers, staff and clergy, strengthen us where we are weak build us up where we are torn down embolden us with your good news when we are too shy to speak it ourselves give us courage and resilience as we face a world in peril an earth in distress and the sufferings of too many of your beloved children and finally dear god when we are done when we too are snatched from the land of the living Meet us down by the River Jordan. Bid the water to be still. Tuck our little souls into that low swinging chariot and bear them away over yonder where every day will be Sunday and the sorrows of this world, its toils and travails will come to an end. And so we pray for Christ is our Redeemer, our Savior, our brother and friend Amen and amen. And let us now join hearts and voices in a primary schools version of the Lord's Prayer. Our parent in heaven, you are awesome. Show us who you are and how you want us to be. Make earth more like heaven. Please give us what we need to keep going each day help us when we are wrong and clean us up on the inside help us to let other people off and move on keep us from bad stuff you're in charge you're strong and powerful and always there forever amen
4: We worship a creative God, a worker God, whose hands built the earth, molded our bodies, and sewed the stars across the sky. As we worship today, we give thanks and praise for God's wonderful and mighty deeds. And we give thanks, too, for our work in the marketplace, in schools, in hospitals, and in our homes, in every corner of creation for we are co-creators with God of the world we want to see. We share our talents of teaching, of speaking, of thinking, of believing that what we do matters, and we share our resources, our time, our talent, our earnings, for we know that in God's sight, all of this will be multiplied and put to best use. May God strengthen our hearts and our hands in this work. May God offer us moments of rest and renewal, and may we show ourselves enough love and care to take that Sabbath time. May we recognize that we are more than the sum of our contributions, but recognize too that to give of ourselves is to step out in faith. To contribute to the work and the collection this morning, please visit oldsouth.org donate. This morning's offering will now be given and received. Loving and generous God, you are the font of every blessing, the source of all we have. Your breath gives us life, your love gives us courage and strength, healing and compassion. You care for us like a loving parent and feed our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. We thank you for your abundance, freely given to all. But God, forgive us for wanting more, even when we have more than we need. Create in us new hearts to love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. Help us to know that our abundance is for others' needs. Great teacher, write your law on our hearts. God's abundance is enough for all if we share. Amen.
0: At Old South Church in Boston, we bless anything that stays still long enough for us to get our priestly power at it, and plenty of things that don't. Today, we bless Thomas Mitchell, our seminarian, as we wish him Godspeed as he leaves his ministry at Old South Church in Boston and embarks on this new path, which God has prepared. I invite you to extend your hands in an ancient posture of Christian blessing in any direction you want, because God will make sure your blessing reaches Thomas. We need you to raise both hands nice and high so that even from afar, Thomas will feel the weight and care of your blessing. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for Thomas, for the care and healing he has offered, for the power of his outpoured love, for his smart and good style, For his willingness to work and weep and pray alongside us god we give you thanks and we pray that you will guide him in his journey be with him in his new household of faith open minds to his wisdom open hearts to his love open arms to his presence god may we cherish our memories of thomas May we bless him with the space he will need to start anew. May we make room in our church for all of those who will follow. And may we receive them with gladness and joy. In gratitude for this special way that pastors and people share life with you, and through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.
2: take a quick moment of personal privilege to simply say thank you. When I first visited Old South Church in January of 2020, one word in the bulletin caught my eye. It was italicized and written in bold, the word warning, and the statement that followed is one that you all know. To enter into the life of this people of God, is to encounter God's soul-challenging, life-changing, and radicalizing love. I'm so glad I joined you. I'm so glad I dared. Throughout this past year as your seminarian, my faith, my discernment of call, my sense of place, even in this city, has all been made better because I have known you. Despite the uniqueness of this past year, I have constantly felt and understood What I believe the Tunisian theologian Tertullian meant when in describing Christian communities, he wrote, see how they love one another. My friends, thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your journey, and thank you so, so very much for being a part of mine. Will you pray with me? Lord, We pray that we might go from here committed to serving all of your children, paying special attention to those who are on the outside of the margins of our society, those who are overworked, who are forgotten, who are ignored. We pray that we might continue to seek out your wisdom and live out our faith in a world that often calls us to live in a way that is counter to it. We pray these things in the name of your Son, the risen Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloveds, go in peace and go in love.